You're listening to Solid Sound, and joining me online is... Holy Linear. How you doing? Hey, you alright? Yeah, not too bad. It was, uh, it was absolutely beautiful you asked me to do this, and uh, the chance I'm going to have to share these very intimate songs with you in the, uh, my sort of path into rave music and out from guitar-based rock and punk that these tunes move me across through is, is actually quite exciting and I've actually re- been really looking forward to this ever since you came up with the concept so yeah it's a brilliant push nice one so you're starting out with DJ Paul Elstack Pump Up The Party but you're not starting out with it I picked this order right I, I picked this one because it's such a cheesy mother you did <laughs> how dare you call this cheesy so the, when, when, you, when you came up with this concept I was like right so it needs to be in order of how these actually influenced me and how I came across them. And then you were like, well, fuck it. I'm just putting these down. And then I thought, well, my life is probably one of the most chaotic lives of, I, I think there are. And uh, back then when I was going through this, obviously it was sort of pre to like early post puberty. So it's most, the most chaotic ever. So. I chose the name Linear as a balance to the chaos of my life because Linear is a, a force that starts from one to the end and takes that line of a course. So yeah, this is perfect. It's the exact balance to uh, how these events were as my life, Kush. All right, but Paul Elstack, he's the Ed Sheeran of Gabba, isn't he? <laughs> well, you say that, so you've got to put it into perspective, haven't you, as to what was actually going on at this time. and. Paul Elstack, even though he did the cheesiest stuff and was responsible for the cheesiest stuff, the hooks in this tune and the beat behind it, it it's quite an aggressive tune for the year it came out, if you look back at it. What year did this come out then? It's like 97, something like that, or earlier? No, no, this is back 95, I think. Actually, yeah, you're probably right. Roll the beat. Yes, yeah, it's, it's an early tune, and do you know what I mean? The guys over there were using sort of big distorted uh, 808s and 909s at that point, but and there was some heavier, nastier stuff. But he bridged the gap, and you've got to remember the British scene and the Happy Arkle scene, the full, full Happy Arkle scene at least. They they borrowed heavily from this, and to be fair, they cheesed it right up. And then obviously Paul Elscat came back with, some, with an answer to that. But yeah, no, it's quite a heavy old tune when you t- when you get it on a rig, mate. Yeah, no, fair play, fair play. I mean, if you'd gone for Pumpkin's Party, if you'd gone for Rainbow in the Sky, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have gone for Rainbow in the Sky. When I was looking through these tunes, obviously, Happy Hardcore was, was an influence at one point. But yeah, none of the none of the tunes were really legit enough, and they just didn't have it enough and didn't evoke enough of an emotion in me to actually put them in. So yeah, this is, this is about as happy as it gets for me, I've got to say. Interesting to see as well, he's gone for Roll the Beats, which is taken from that DJ hype record. I don't know if you know, I'm sure you do, right? Roll the Beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think this one did it first. No, 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 he's stolen Roll the Beats off the DJ hype track. Oh, is he? Well, maybe you're right. Actually, that'd be an interesting one, actually, wouldn't it? That'd be an interesting one to find out. When did Roll the Beats come out? 95, something like that, 94. Yeah, I would have thought, I would have thought this was first, to be fair. Oh, God, now you got me questioning my own... Uh my own love of jungle because if Roll the Beats turned out to sample Paul Elstack then I don't know you'd be you'd be very but then you've got to remember that you know they probably found the same sample at around about the same time because a big sample CD came out at that point probably you'll find a lot of these samples and these, these beats and 
we're out on these bloody, we're out on these these sample CDs and sample vinyls that were actually coming out at that point. So you find it, you find it happening quite a lot, and the two weren't even linked. So you were listening to Paul Elstack back in the early nineties or late nineties. Yeah, man. So I first heard that on a DJ Brisk set from uh, Dreamscape 1718. Fair play, fair play. Your name's not Dan, you're not coming in. Your name's not Dan, you're not coming in. How long have you been in Toronto for then? It must be 20, 25 years, something like that. Well, that was an extremely good uh, link into this tune there, Kush. Yeah, well, that's why I put this one in second. <laughs> I've, got, I've got to admire your professionality there, buddy. So, yeah. Yeah. This was the first tune that got me into rave. And this you know, was on a yeah, DJ side set from Fantasia West Point in 1992. And uh, I was hanging about with these kids when we were doing a bit of cart racing. And they showed me this DJ side set. And this was the first tune that got me. Because you've got to remember, I started playing bass and playing guitar and I was into the Sex Pistols and The Clash and, uh, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Nirvana, the early Nirvana that I'd found. And this was the first groove and the first real, like, interesting electronic beat that I could actually get into. I mean, you check that roll on the back and the bass line and the groove in that, it just spoke to me. And this was actually the tune that got me into rave and dance music, even though I was a spotted 11-year-old that didn't understand what was happening and, and thought that there was a band up there doing it. Guys on synthesizers and drummers and stuff to actually find out about a year later it was DJ. And then I saved up for my first set of turntables. So yeah, this is this is a real big tune for me, getting involved into a uh, dance music push. Nice one. Tell you what I love about this tune. I mean, there's so much to love about this tune. Your name's not Dan, you're not coming in. I mean, that vocal alone is brilliant. But it's the beep, 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 beep. Oh, man, oh, that is such hands in the air, isn't it? Yeah. Mate, and, and i tell you what, anybody listening to this, YouTube DJ side West Point, because he scratches it in. And uh, he brings it, he brings, I think he brings it into or out of um, everybody's in the place for the prodigy and he's cutting the fuck out of it scratching the shit out of it and it's just yeah proper hands in the air stuff mate proper hands in the air stuff oh, i'm trying to think what was the name of the people that actually made this track originally the bouncer it's kicks like a mule that's right that's actually the guy that owns the XL label. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought I was... That, yeah, it is. I, we're gonna, I thought I was going to out-knowledge you there for a minute, but there, there's the guy who ran the label, XL. There you go. See, the thing is, right, back then, I didn't know anything about this because I never read the records. I didn't know who made these records. I just bought the record, and then where I was in, like, dirty clubs fucked out of my face with, with, you know, not being able to see much, I'd literally scratch into the white label so I could feel the record so I wouldn't have to read it. So I never read these records, and it, it took me years to find them again after I'd actually lost the vinyl. All of these tracks have followed me on this, this journey into rave music and the understanding of the culture and the groove and they've actually been a very a sort of a, a really vibrant growth and obviously coming back on this now is obviously why I've said it was so exciting and yeah and rediscovering these tunes from actually finding them is, is, is a massive thing especially this tune because I, I never knew it was fine I never knew it was Paul Elstack none of these I actually even knew who they were 
which is yeah, which is the beauty of it. You're That's one of the interesting things I think with in. hindsight and with age. You know, when you were a youth, same myself. You know, you just be into it. You don't give a shit what it was. You just be well into the music. You didn't know the details, who it was, etc. And then now with hindsight, with age, you come back and look and go. Getting these tracks, it's, it's a delight still. I mean, 20, 25 years later to listen to this, still feel those same emotions, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is about all of these tunes in this playlist, uh, when I was listening to these, it was pure. Yeah, there was no underhanded motive. I wasn't a DJ looking for tools to rock a dance floor. I was just indulging in the music. And I think that's why these tunes have followed me through. Because at this point, it was it was just there for, for their sake. And it was just, it was, yeah, they, it's hard to describe what they were. And obviously, as I moved on as a DJ, I still utilized these. But after a certain point, when I started playing out, the music became more of a tool and more of a, a way of getting the vibe I wanted on the dance floor. Whereas this is just, this is just pure sit down enjoyment. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. So, do this tune's ever going to get the moving Slavo treatment, or is this too sacred? Do you know what? I think I'm going to have to do it now. You've said, aren't I? No, it's too sacred, mate. It's too sacred. No, I don't. I don't think anything's sacred. Okay, do you know Dwayne White? Um, Enematics. No. Nope. He's a wicked drum and bass producer, wicked hard tech producer, and uh, he just did Blue Monday and turned it into a side chance tune. And that tune for me is sacred, and it is one of the best fucking things I've heard. Honestly, you guys need to go and check this tune out. I think it's out on SoundCloud as a bootleg. It might not last very long, so the sample does go on. But recently, he was on Bombastic Sounds, and he previewed it on Bombastic Sounds, and he's basically taught me that nothing's sacred anymore. It never will be, and it never should be. So yeah, I think I may have to use this. Because we did, we did Bomb Scare, didn't we? Yep, that's right, yep. Fucking, I've ruined Red Bass. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck it. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna get the treatment. And uh, there's gonna be a Kush reference. Well, as soon as you're gonna make the video anyway. <laughs> yeah, totally, mate. Yeah, I love making the videos, but uh, yeah, it's good fun, like I say. Good name's all dead, not getting in. Listen, mate, I've told you once, told you twice, you're not on the list, all right? Do you know what I used to think? I thought for years, he said, if your name's not Dan, it's in Dan, D-A-N, you're not coming in. Do you know who is on the list? Um, nobody, ever. No, if you watch the, if you watch the music video, <laughs> there is an actual list. Oh, there is a list? Who was on the list? Yeah, if you in the, the music video, you go and Google it, if you watch the music video, there is an actual list, and you can see it's like Ragga Twins, GTO, John and Julie. John and Julie are party animals, uh, GTO, all sorts. Um, yeah, nice. Party Animals and GTO, well, yeah, they're, they're some big names, especially in my upbringing with this star. See, now, this is a, this is a fucking tune. So, I don't know, did you remember the name of this one, Chris? Yeah, I've got it written down, mate. I'm, I'm a professional. We're going to out-professional each other. This is the, I might mispronounce it, it's the Manu Limane Malin featuring Daft Punk M18. I butchered that, right? Oh, oh, Kush! You know, you know that Manuel Manin is one of the, the the biggest hardcore producers ever. You know that, don't you? You know, you know that you your name in hardcore is now mud, and you will you will struggle to ever get out of that mispronunciation. I've no idea. Never heard of him. I'm just warning you. Never heard of him. <laughs> never heard of who this guy is never. You've really never heard of him? No. Oh my God! Right, mate. They, looking into this guy is going to be an absolute pleasure for you. Absolute pleasure. And the the beauty of this tune. And I've, again, this is another one of the ones that I never knew the name of. And 
couldn't find anywhere. And then suddenly to find out that it's Manu Le Malin and Daft Punk making a hardcore tune was just mind-blowing to me. Absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, did, did you ever know that Daft Punk made hardcore? Nope. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole EP out. There's a load of collabs with it, but this is just one of the most storming tunes ever. One of the most storming tunes ever. I need percussion. I, I like the acid-y bits. I love that, but I need mm. the percussion. Oh, you wait. You wait. In a minute, there's a there's a, um, a heavy metal guitar sample that comes in, and it comes in totally out of time to the tune, and then suddenly it all goes. But yeah, it's, it's, this has got to be probably one of my top tunes of top tunes of all time from from rave music. It is just deep. So, what sort of era is this from? 95 again. Right. 96. I first heard this on a HMS set from Dreamscape 19 when he was playing in the Happy Hardcore room. That's probably why I wouldn't know because HMS is a bit too noisy. I think a lot of the tunes you've picked here are quite noisy for my liking, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, this was what it was all about for me. Like, my, my biggest, you know, with the struggle, struggles through drugs and the struggles with with how I came up, you know, it was nothing to do with my parents, but there was, I had some issues, and uh, the way I exercised my issues for a long time before I understood what my issues were, were from exercising my anger through angry music. And this bit, there we go. This was the sort of thing that used to, that used to keep me, keep the chaos at bay. Which is, which is why I suppose it's followed me through. But yeah, here we go. Sorry, if you hear like dodgy noise on the mic, that's me nodding my head. <laughs> oh, listen to that. They just bring it in out of time. You've got like, honestly, listen to this tune in your headphones up loud and they just bring the guitar in totally out of time and they just do what the fuck they want. And it was, it was the freedom and purity of what they were doing back then that is just it's so... I mean, check that out. It's this, and this was before Daft Punk was anybody, you've got to remember. Yeah, I don't really know the history of Daft Punk. It's interesting to hear this. Well, basically, the main guy... Um, oh, I can't remember his name now. Um, Just call him Chris. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris from Daft Punk. Thomas Van Gelter. His, his dad was a, um, a big 70s um, disco producer. And the other guy, um, DJ, oh, I can't remember his fucking name either, I don't mind. But yeah, they, they were big in the scene and obviously they, they got into the dance scene and they were doing techno, they were doing hardcore. And then suddenly they made Homework, which was this really punky sort of house album. And it was just totally off the wall. But it's because they were just involved in everything and a lot of people don't realise actually the depth and, and what, how actually mental and skilled Daft Punk are. I mean, look, you've never think that was a Daft Punk tune. Not in the slightest, no. No. And there's loads more of it out there. I quite rate Daft Punk. I mean, even their new stuff, you know, it's good. I like it. I wouldn't buy it, but uh, definitely appreciate the artistic merit. Like. I cut off from Daft Punk at about 2005. I can't listen to them after that. It's just too, 
I don't know, they're just chasing the money, isn't it? But then they release a load of stuff, you know, like um, the Music Sounds Better Review was a daft punk. You know, so they, they produce under a load of different pseudonyms and trying to find the names they're producing under is quite hard. So they are still doing legit stuff, but I just don't have the time to find it because I don't play that style. Yeah, I think I think, I think think DJ can't remember his fucking name. That's a pretty good uh, DJ alias, isn't it? Do you know what? That might be my next one because I don't have enough, do I? I need more. He's got a poster somewhere, can't remember his fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking tune that is, man. What a tune. Yeah, it's all about that guitar riff. That's why I say I like doing the show because I, I like to hear other people's music because from the very first show, when I ever did it, piece of advice was don't just play your own music, play other people's music, find out what other people want to do. Because if you just do your own and what your own music and your own style and your own taste is, you'll run dry after about two weeks. You get stuck in a box. I mean, you can go down a, a YouTube or SoundCloud hole yeah. and find some stuff. But you know, half the reason why I do bombastic sounds is to is to get opened up to new styles and new concepts. And the reason why I spread myself throughout nearly every style of music in the scene is to keep my finger on the pulse and keep being exposed to new things because that's the essence of it. Absolutely, So do you think we have enough time in the hour to go through all the different things you're doing on a regular? Or we just keep it to the one or two? Uh, probably. I don't know. I mean, it's just, I've just got so much happening at the moment. I mean, running things is just keeping me so busy. Parker, who, uh, who, who runs and started run things, is just an absolute whirlwind. Look, look, look. Listen, this one in. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, this problem is at the moment with a lot of stuff I'm doing, I can't speak about it. That's the issue. Yeah, no, cool. Tell me a bit about Runtings. What's the story there? So Runtings is a is a Bristol-based reggae jungle D&B label. And um, they started a long time ago, about at least sort of 15 years ago. It was uh, Alex Parker and Ed Garrett. And uh, basically Parker just built a studio about two and a half years ago and to run live streams from you know when, when the whole facebook live stream thing had just kicked off yeah and from that point on they got involved to sort of engineer and build the studio to the best standard and now we just we just do streams and we do podcasts and yeah we bought a massive uh, youtube channel which is the jdmb hub which has got loads of wicked stuff we premiere loads of good music we get loads of real big artists in and we're working with uh, the guy from Shangri-La, you know, uh, the Glastonbury, an area in Glastonbury. I'll say yes, so I don't sound like an idiot. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so Shangri-La, well, basically, there was a massive um, virtual reality festival that happened sort of mid-COVID that was to do with Shangri-La Festival. And uh, they basically, we recorded a lot of the artists at the studio to a green screen, and then they got superimposed into this VR area where there was sort of interactive... Um, Booths, so you could actually be there on your VR, go to a booth and order a takeaway to your to your house, and could order delivery things, and then go and dance with all the other people. It had about a million million views over the weekend. So we're involved with him, and he's an absolute lunatic, an absolute lunatic for his, his ideas and how he how he does things. 
And, and yeah, so we've got loads of stuff coming up. Him, we got, well, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I can't even go into it. I mean, I was late for this interview because Parker was right in my ear off. That's all right. But yeah, it's yeah, some exciting times. Bombastic Sounds is going through some changes because of obviously the Facebook Live thing. Yeah, we're just, we're just trying new things because obviously the industry's fucked. Let's face it. It is pretty fucked, yeah. Absolutely. Tell me where we are now. So this is the Vision Masters. This is Tony King featuring Kylie Minogue. Keep on pumping up, which uh, obviously I had no idea it's Kylie Minogue on it, and this is actually her part. But you know, it shows that she was there doing this whole pop thing, but she was still mixing with all these grimy little drughead, like old school producers, and making music in the scene. That's Kylie Minogue there, and a rave tune from 1992 at the height of her career. Um, it's unbelievable, really. Do you know what I mean? It really shows you that you know, the reach of the, the scene at that point. And, you know, it really was the start of this music becoming a legit form of, yep. form of music. She recorded the vocal for this track then. It's not a sample. No, no, no. This is specifically, she went in the studio and recorded this. Ah. Yeah. She made this for this track. It's featuring Kylie Minogue. She was on the actual cover and it was a legit release. Yeah, man. Bit of chaos, to be honest with you. A bit of chaos spices things up a bit. Yeah, same here. It's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. I think when I've been involved in doing gigs or trying to organise things for the radio or whatever, you know, you can always have this sort of set plan of what you want to achieve, and then as soon as it goes wrong, you start panicking and stressing. Whereas if you actually embrace the chaos and just let things happen, a lot of the times it just works out for the better. I think, anyway. Mate, it's where I live. That's where I live, mate. If there isn't a fuck up happening, and if there isn't something going wrong, and I'm not sat there trying to work out what's going wrong, then I'm not, I'm not in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in, in my in my personal life, the chaos is is being is being soothed and solved. You know, when I went through rehab, the drug addiction. So personally, now the chaos isn't there. Personally, now I'm chilled. I you know I understand what's happening, and and I. I understand what can go wrong, and I know I know how I'm going to make things go wrong. But it, when when it comes to music and production, and you know, working creatively, the chaos is where it's all born, literally all born. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to some DJs once, and they were saying about how oh, they were really stressing about doing a DJ set live to a crowd, and they were saying oh, you know, I'm really worried in case I fuck up, and I'm like, no, no, you got it all wrong. Actually fucking up is the best thing you can possibly do as a DJ. Yeah, fucking right it is. Damn right. Because then you're no longer worried about fucking up. You realise it's no big deal. Hit play on the next track and just carry on like nothing happened and everyone loves it. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a correction to that. Now, fucking up if you can own it and you can sit there and go, yeah, I'm fucked, I fucked up and I'm man enough to go, yeah, it was a fuck up, it took a second, but we're back on track. If you have that state of mind, then yeah, fuck up's the best thing ever. One, because the crowd know that you're human, 
and you're making mistakes and they can get on board with it. And two, because if you can fuck up and carry on, it makes you a very strong person. Now, the amount of guys that I've seen fuck up and then live in that mistake for the rest of the set and it all go to shit, that, that is, that's a very bad thing. And unfortunately, a lot of people do that. But, you know, that comes with time and practice. But yeah, my sets are full of fuck ups. Yeah. In fact, some, yeah, this is what it's all about. Every set I played is a massive fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and without, I my dad used to say to me, and you know, in relation to playing bass guitar or playing guitar, you know, if you're not hitting bum notes, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. Basically. And that's, that's how it is. Yeah, well, I, I played my set of Bang Face. Yeah. Um, I, I discovered a new keyboard shortcut on my laptop to mute one of the channels. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. And I hit it by accident. And I muted one of the channels. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm hitting the crossfade and nothing's happening. I'm like, what's happened to this other channel? Yeah. It's playing, but there's nothing going on. What's going on? <laughs> and that was the biggest fuck up I ever made in my entire life. I had this out in the end. And I only played warm up, so I was all right. But, you know. Mate. Uh, yeah. Mate, I, I fucking, I was. I was doing a gig in probably 2005. I was I was headlining Lakota in the main room, and I built this massive live PA. But I got absolutely fucking wasted on the way there, as I used to quite a lot, and just baits couldn't function. And then when I opened up to go, I'd managed to unquantize everything in the set. Oh! Like, ev like literally everything. And I'm talking, I had 16 channels. Oh, I had the sort of like 50, 50 cue points that were all just like out. Oh man. And basically I had to sit there out of my face trying to, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I'm t I tell you what, I, I did it. It was one hour of a fuck up. One big hour fuck up, mate. And it was, yeah, it was hilarious. You make a very good point though. It's like, if you do fuck up and you can own it. Yeah. And just get over it and just carry on and, and, and just carry, yeah, you're totally right. I never thought about that. Whereas if you go, oh shit, I fucked up and it, it'll just ruin the rest of the set, you might as well just switch off and walk off the stage like really. Well, yeah, it's the same with life. Yeah, absolutely. If you live in your mistakes, you're going to make more mistakes. Whereas if you can go, right, I've made a mistake, the mistake's over. It's often, often in life, it's not the mistake you make, it's how you react to it. Big time, 100%. Do you see what I'm saying? 100% agree with you, mate. You often see people making these mistakes and then they make the mistake a million times worse by acting irresponsibly or angrily and then just totally blowing the whole thing out of proportion. Whereas, you know, life is life's not about what you do wrong. Life's about how you react to what has gone wrong and then how you move forward from it. And it's the same with anything. And obviously the, the saddest people out there are the guys that live in their mistakes and live in their downfalls and live in, live in the negative aspects of their life. And unfortunately, some people don't ever get that and they've become bitter. But, you know, luckily for me, my sort of from 18 to sort of 30 was one big drug haze mistake. And, and I lived in it, but luckily I don't live in it now. And I can implement this philosophy and it's made me a fucking better person, man. And it's made every part of my life better. And you know, that needs to be applied with performing. We're nearly at the end of this track and we haven't even introduced it. Yeah, well, Fortress, The Heart Attack. This is a savage tune. Again, more of the Europeans smashing out the bouncy hardcore. It's a savage tune. Yeah, fancy hardcore, love it. Yeah, it's the stuff, mate, it's the stuff. I mean, Paul Elskat invented it, essentially. But yeah, what a fucking, what a nasty one. Yeah, it's tasty. Oh yeah, it's great, isn't it? But yeah, this, this one, there was about four of this style of tune that, that I was fighting between putting in, and it just had to just be this one. 
just because it's just so nasty and so don't give a fuck and so punk. So, Boom Bastic Sounds, you've been doing that for over a year. That's the other Ollie's uh, baby, your co-host in it. Um, how have you, you found that like? I mean, I think once you get past the year mark, I think you, you know what you're doing, don't you? Well, I mean, I'm going to correct you there. Actually, the Boom Bastic Sounds is my baby. It was my idea. I pitched the idea to him and he's taking it over. And, you know, we're both sort of, we're both sort of 50-50 joint on it. But yeah, it's, um, it's great. It is hard work. And, you know, at the moment with Facebook, it's not working, which for a number of reasons, what with the, the issues with Facebook and, you know, how, how people are utilizing live streams at the moment, it's becoming extremely hard. But in essence, we're still putting out new music and we're still getting new artists out there. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And again, it opens up your mind and opens your chakras. Yeah, opens your chakras to new stuff, and it helps people, that, and that's what it's all about. All oh, right. Well, I apologise. I thought I thought the other Ollie was the guy running that one, uh, so I have to stand corrected on that. So Ollie does all of the technical stuff, and Ollie does like you know sets it all up. But I started doing this styler show with a guy called Mark Gardner, who's the asset clown. Because that's what we're going to get onto next as well. Yeah, Mark. So I came out of rehab and he approached me and said, right, I want to I wanna become the clown and I want to start Pier of the Asset Clown. Come on board and help me launch it. So we did. And then it was my, then my idea was to have a show where we showcase new artists and give them a platform. So that, that was, that was where, that's why Brumbastic Sounds and the URL were very similar because they, they were based around the same concept. And it was my idea to uh, to just pick artists, but it was Mark Gardner's idea to put a, a shout out for a new artist, put your tunes in. And then you've got the buy-in and yeah, so that's where it came from. Me and Mark decided not to work on that together anymore and I went and work, I went to work with OP on Bombastic Sounds basically. And then Ollie Linear, the techno DJ? Yes. Well, it's kind of everything. As an artist, it's who I it's who I am. That, that's my name as a performer and a, and a creator. The other names are just for a laugh or they serve a purpose, you know, because I can't really re- produce legit techno with a, you know, and then bring out fucking, you know, you know, tingling a donk that you just done the video for, you know? <laughs> and then I can't go, I can't very well go and do a gay bar hardcore remix and then still expect people to take my techno seriously under the same name. So, but yeah, it's all me. Now you're going into Madonna Kebab territory, which is again, another thing you're up to, like. I am. <laughs> I'm not doing too much of that recently. I'm still trying to write you a tune. Yeah. And I'm just, at the moment, I'm just not in that, I'm not in that headspace. For that, for those those faster beats at the moment, I don't know why, but yeah, there'll be there'll be a splurge, and I can feel it coming. Well, the thing is, if I said to you, tell me a joke now, you can't make yourself think of a joke, can you? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. It, same with creativity, you can't make yourself be creative, or when you go to bed, you can't make yourself go to sleep. Certain things you just have to let happen. See now, I'm gonna to have to put a spanner in the work. Nah. Because if, if I if I knew a if I knew a comedian yeah. and I said, "Tell me a joke now." Yeah, obviously, obviously. 
then they'd be able to. But if you said to me, show me one of your tunes now, I could show you one. Of course. But actually creating a joke off the spot or, or a tune is going to be the hard point. But yeah, exa exactly. But still. It's something that has to flow. Yeah, it does have to flow. And I, I, I feel like I should be able to just to, to shit all this stuff out at any request. But the more I think I can do that, the less I'm able to. So... I suppose that that goes back to not living in your mistakes and actually being moving forward. And obviously, I think I've been beat. Actually, this is this this has been like a therapy to me now. I feel like I've broken past the issue I was having, which was being three minutes late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were freaking out about three three minutes late. It's like, mate, just own it. Just live with it. Like you know, it's not a big deal. So three minutes. Yeah, I was just annoyed because you predicted it. <laughs> uh, so look, I'm totally missing this tune, right? I'm gonna have to keep you on. I'm at, I will have to keep you on track. What track are we on now? Yeah, yeah. This is the Loft Groover and the Maniac kneel before me. That this was the so this guy had his own hardcore style. Like no, there's no other guy that made it like this. And he had a label called Redhead Records. If you know about if you know about Outer Scout, you'd know who Loft Groover is. Yeah. And it's just an absolute beast of a record. It's lacking percussion for me. To me, this just like uh, unorganized random noises. Yeah. Well, I've been. Unfortunately, the, the, because because I don't have this on vinyl anymore, this is like some ropey MP3. Because you can't get it digital, you just can't get this record digital. And you know, to be fair, it was a ropey recording at the beginning. Yeah, oh, big time, big time. Anything that's pre 2000, the mastering on it, it just never sounds good. Yeah, mate, that tune was '94. Yeah. This this again is another the Europeans because Love Group is English. So I'm kind of going in between the, the Brits and the, the Europeans at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, this is a nasty ass tune. Again, 1995. This was this was this was my voyage into the harder yeah. stuff. This is what brought me to you know loving speedcore and you know playing the more aggressive techno. But yeah. Yeah, I like this. I like this because it's got that strong, hard four x four, amen breakbeat, yeah. and you know, nasty gabberish rave stabs. Yeah, you wait for the air horns to come in. I think of all your tunes that you picked, I think this is my third favourite. Second favourite was The Bouncer. Uh, and the first favourite yet to come on the show. Okay. Well, I mean, you wait for somatic responses and riot frequencies. Don't fuck with an SR. You won't like that one. interesting as well the amount of people I talk to go yeah I was into punk I was into heavy metal before I got into rave you know of our age I think people would now be like oh I got into drum and bass and then I got into the hard rave or whatever but yeah the amount of people are into punk and hardcore or heavy metal well no Shah Chef Boswin who I'd launched Crux with it's not called Crux now is it Curricula Curricula yeah so the other thing I was going to actually yeah, that was on my list as well yeah <laughs> yeah you said it better than me yeah she was into hardcore punk before so, I mean, all the, are the kids still coming up? The thing is, it's, it's a lot more, you know, that, that American-style punk and that hardcore, you know, like Slipknot, it's a lot more accessible to young kids than this. So you find that they, they actually, they are, they are still finding their way into this style of music. Here we go, it's the bit, it's the bit. Yeah! <laughs> Listen to that. So good. good, good.
Wave acid. Yeah, yeah. It's fuck. You can't. You can't beat it. You cannot beat this stuff. Look, I'm, I'm just about to build a vinyl collection of all this stuff because, like, now I now I know all the names of it. I, I need to do it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be getting this ready for when COVID is over. This is this probably one of the first things I do. A big fucking rave. I tell you, man, I think there's some serious raves going on when this shit's over. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about. It. I mean, moving slab have been booked um, for November in Bristol. On last Friday, we did a live stream out to a Lithuanian club where they projected us onto the back wall oh, cool. and put the audio signal onto the speaker. So, in fact, we performed to about 100 people on Friday, but we just weren't there. <laughs> so, we're still, we're still kind of working. But yeah, when, when the party starts again, that's it, mate. It's going gonna, it's gonna to all kick off. The only one that I have left on the list now is for Noob Radio. Oh, God. Fucking. So, you know, there was this film where the sort of evil person in the film tricks you into becoming the gatekeeper. Right. Have you you heard that sort of story? I can imagine. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel for Noob, because I've been tricked into for Noob. And it's an absolute ball ache. And, yeah, we're going to be... Oh, here we go. No, here we go. Sorry, I'll, I'll carry on this story in a minute, but this is this is one of the best tunes ever. You're going to hate it, Kush. I like it, I like it. Oh, you wait, you wait. It goes horrible. I did listen to the shit before I put it together. You do realise that. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. Well, of course I did. Yeah, but in detail, did you did you absorb it properly? Or were you busy? I was busy. <laughs> there we go. I like listen that. To no, that. Yeah, that's good. Like, I love hardcore, breakcore, fucking what the fuck's this shit music, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I only like it for a certain amount of time. Oh, this goes all the way through and it's absolutely vile. Listen to that. <laughs> I just listen to the kick and just, just like, keeping the kick is keeping me in the happy zone. That's it, that's it. It's all about that weird sort of screechy noise. So this is semantic responses and riot frequencies. Yeah, don't fuck with an SR. What's an SR? <laughs> I have no idea. All right. I might, I might, I might speak to some of my hardcore mates and try and find out. I'm sure, I'm sure I can track down the guys that made this and actually ask them. But there we go. But yeah, no, Fanoob's are one of the biggest techno digital radio stations, and I run Monday now, which basically means I hassle people for sets, and I've got 24 hours worth of sets to fill. So if any of your listeners have got any uh, techno sets they want to give me or they want a residency, get in touch. But yeah, and then we're just about to launch the new TV, which they, they've asked me to do. So again, I'm just taking on too much work as always. It's for new live or is it it's, it's all pre-recorded, but new TV is going to be live, basically. Gotcha. I mean, you've got to remember there's 24 hours to schedule every day and it's filled up every day and it's worldwide. And I'm dealing with people from, you know, all over the world, obviously. So it's extremely hard. I mean, I've got, I've got group chat after fucking group chat after group chat, but Again, it's brilliant for finding new techno, and every every week I get sent sort of, you know, between 15 to 20 new DJ sets to listen to. So it's crazy, but yeah, it's great. It's great. I'd, I'd advise anybody who's into their techno, 
to uh, to check out movetechno.com. So, what have I left out, or is that everything? Have we, have we covered your covered all your <laughs> all your days of the week? I think so. I don't know. No, I don't know. I mean, I, there's loads of stuff, but I just, I just can't think. This, this is the problem, you see. I've got so much going on. I don't know what I've got to do until until someone until someone phones you up and goes, "Fucking hell, where are you, mate?" Yeah, yeah. Why haven't you done this? You've got to do this. I mean, yeah. I mean, tomorrow it's going to be promotion with Bombastic Sounds. Then I'm at Run Teams Friday because we're doing a podcast with um, Nicky Blackmark. He's, you know, he's got his new 360 showcase. Right. So I think it's him and DJ Profile. So we're doing a recording and podcast with him. Then we've got like DLR in and a load of guys. We've got the Ragged Trends coming down next week. So yes, yeah, I'm all over the place. And obviously in between that, I've got to do things for noon. I've got to see my son. Obviously, you know, I've got my, my girlfriend and my home life to fit in there, which, which fits, but yeah, it's madness. And if we had normal, normal non-COVID times, you'd be doing gigs on the weekend as well? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be out gigging, yeah, obviously. Mad Hatters, there you go. Mad Hatters, yo, Bubble Jam as well. Yeah. Big man John Connor, one of the nicest guys in techno ever. So yeah, that's that's going to be back. Obviously, John's out in Asia at the moment, so he's uh, he's now controlling the techno gateway to Asia. So he was saying he's going to get me out there to when when it all sort of calms down to go out to Asia to do a couple of things. Obviously, got the got the Irish boys, the um, Agnatech and the, the Meat Grinder rig. Obviously, that's that's still on the cards. Angtech, Angtech. Uh, is it Angtech? It's Irish, mate. Angtech, yeah, I, don't, I, I like Agnatech. I think it's Irish. I think it's Irish. Yeah, I think Ang is Irish or something. I don't know what. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've, got, I've got the I've got the t-shirt and I work proud. So. <laughs> I see you in it. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, fair play, man. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's gonna be going on. And the Lithuania, obviously. I've got a load of techno releases coming out. I don't even know where they're coming out or what's going on with it. I need to actually start looking at that. There's. There's about six or seven moving Slavo releases coming. I've got a hardcore release coming out somewhere that I did years ago. So yeah, it's all fucking madness, Chris. I need, I need to get a calendar. That's what I need to do. Maybe I need to get a calendar. Mark Gardner's just done a calendar for you know, the clown crew. They've just done a calendar for fucking loads of naked people holding simps in front of their genitals. So I think I'm about to get that one. But then I won't want to look at it. So what, what use for the calendar be? I don't know. There's got to be a solution somewhere, Chris. I'm taking notes. Take, I always take notes. Like have a conversation with someone. Yeah. Just take a note. Have this conversation. Just take a note. But they... yeah, but you know, you know what happens. You lose the notes. I lose, I lose the notes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then I thought I'd be clever and uh, and put it on my phone. But then I lost the phone and couldn't log back in. Ah. So my so iTunes crashed. So I just lose everything. And I'm like, oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put it on my laptop. And then my laptop blows up. Right, we'll have to crack the whip on you, mate. Crack the whip. What's this tune? Yeah. I like it. It's a good one. This is The Destroyer, My Brain Is Sick. It came out as an EP, the My Brain Is Sick EP. It's fucking sick. Absolutely brilliant. On the lighter side of hardcore. Yeah. I've got to say, at least half the stuff you've been playing on this show, I don't, I've never heard it before. Really? Yeah, definitely, yeah. There's a lot of good stuff as well. Always good. Always good to hear different stuff, you know? Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And I mean, for me, obviously, these tunes have been such a big thing in my life, I just expect everybody to know of them. But yeah, hopefully your listeners will enjoy it.
two days later. Back in the room. Back in the room. Back in the room. There's a good saying, out of chaos comes creativity. Correct, yeah. Creativity comes from limitations. And uh, the two combined, if you're, the one way you can control chaos is by limiting the chaos. Your, your battery, your battery fail is uh, taking me off course. It's thrown you. Yeah, it's thrown me. Has it? <laughs> I feel like the battery from your recorder has drained mine. So I think I'm gonna have to energize a little bit. And uh, Man P Swift, the one, is probably one of the best tunes to do it to, which is this one. Yeah. This is a very aggressive drum and bass tune and I'm putting the volume up on this. Oh! Yeah, I do like that, that's nice. Oh! And it's all about the groove, the, the intricacies of the beat changing up with the hi-hats. Like you were saying earlier that you really, you know, you, there's not enough, there's not enough rhythm or there's not enough beats in it, but this, when it changes and just sits with that one drone. Here we go, ready for the first change up. Yes! Oh! Such an aggressive, nasty tune. That's good selection, absolutely good selection. I love it, man, love it. Mm. So look, we were talking earlier about how busy you are, um, I mean, it's one of the things I admire about you without getting too much into that, right? But one of the things I admire about you is the fact that you just, <laughs> like I've got one or two things going on, but you've got like 10 things going on. Where does that passion come from? Where does that energy come from? It's not a passion, I'm an idiot. That's basically what it is, I'm an idiot. Somebody comes to me with something interesting, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's like, I just, I just want to be involved and I want to be, I want to be there. And the problem is, I just take too much on. And then one of my skills is sort of streamlining. Like when I took, when I took Blue Barn, like the first two weeks, it was just, it just took up every, like, every moment of, the, of, of my week trying to like work out how to do it quickly and, and how, to, how to get it done in a decent amount of time so I'm not giving away too much of my life. And then the moment, the moment I got that streamlined, somebody was like, oh, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. And then suddenly I was back to the same thing. So I'm getting to the point now where I'm going to have to start turning stuff down just because just I don't have the time for it. But, you know, it's, it's I suppose you, you have to be involved. I mean, obviously, if, if I'd if I'd been turning stuff down, then, then the bang face connection would never be there. Do you know what I mean? Me, me and Ben would have never done, like Ben would have gone, yeah, you know what we should do? We should do donk. And it was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Let's just do some donk. And then suddenly I, I've, I've been involved in the last three bang phases. You know, so you are, yeah, that, that's what drives me. That's what drives me. Absolutely. Gotta be, gotta be, gotta be. You gotta take take everything on and, and get involved. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from, man, yeah. Do you think that comes with age, experience, or what, like, I mean? I don't know, I mean, look, I, I spent my 20s addicted to heroin. <laughs> I spent my 20s getting people like, but I don't know why people were booking me, but they were, and I just get bundled into a van, taken where I had to play, play, then bundled back in a van. As long as I had some heroin to go up there and come back with, I think they were fun. And I didn't even know where I was half the time. And now, after after coming out of rehab, you know, I'm in control of what I'm doing, and I feel like I feel like I've missed so many opportunities in my twenties. Not that I'd ever change it, because it's maybe who I am today. But now, do you know what I mean? And if something comes along and it interests me, then I've got, I've got to be involved in it. And you know, I kind of feel like I owe it to myself to explore every avenue. And the the, the, the 
it's a phrase I don't like using in this case, but you know, you're literally throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks because you have to, because you might, you might, you might take something on you don't like doing, and you'll fulfil the quota that you've said you fulfil, and then move on to the next thing. And in music, you've got to be there and you've got to be present because the way social media works and the way the music industry is now. If you take if you take two days off and you're not doing something for two days, you get forgotten about. And then what are you doing? So you kind of got to be there, haven't you? And it's 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 served me well. It has served me really well. Yeah. Two things there that I want to talk about. Uh, I mean, one I think I'd just gloss over real quick is that you know throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. I think is a great way of doing things because um, you know you, you ever talk to anybody that's got certain things that have worked really really well and they go oh yeah that worked really well but actually I only spent like a day doing that whereas normally I spend 10 days doing something uh, it's the things that you do really quickly and as I said to you earlier about flow the one that flows there and you just throw it at the wall and it just sticks that's actually always the best stuff whereas the stuff where you spend days and days labouring over it and trying to get it perfect and polish it and get it just right just right and just right they're the things that you kill yourself over and it goes nowhere Exactly. It's just totally true. But then, on the other hand, those times you spend on the grind trying to make something work are when you learn your best lesson. And, and those those are the times that set you up for the sort of, for the flow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely agree with you. The other thing I wanted to come back to, which I think was the bigger point, was do you think that then because you wasted a lot of your 20s, now you're in your 30s, you're like, okay, I ain't fucking about anymore now. I'm going to make every day count. Well, I don't know. I just, but I am fucking about. <laughs> That's what I do is fuck about, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you're more dedicated and more focused. Um, yeah, I suppose so. I don't know. There's no end game for me. I just want to be involved. I don't have a, I don't have a five-year plan. I don't want to achieve anything. There's nothing I'm trying to achieve here apart from just contribute. Living your best life is the cliche to- topic, but that's what you're doing, right? Just, I'm just being present, and I'm just trying to give back to a scene that's given me so much. And I'm just trying to create music and do things that keep people happy. The amount of messages I get from people that are like, oh, you really made my week this week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The amount of people that, you know, I, I'm open about my addictions and I get a lot of people that, that contact me and say, oh, I've, I've been clean for this amount of time. How did you do it? And I feel if I can impart that inform- the information of how I did it and how I see things, it could help somebody and it has. And life is all about giving back. Life is all about giving back at least double of what you get. And, and I don't get fuck all, but I just, I just give everything. And you know that—that's all it is, and that's what Bombastic Sounds is about. You know, I—I don't—I I don't really earn any money from any creative process in music. I earn my money in music from the the sort of engineering and building studios and performing menial tasks. The, the music for me, and you know, performing for me and creating for me has never been a monetized thing. And most of the time, when somebody asks me to play, I'll literally just ask. I just don't want it to cost me any money. That's, that's all I want. I don't, I want the labels to make the money from the music because they're the ones that do all the hard work. I just sit on a bus making a beat for fucking half an hour, get Jimmy Scavenger to master it for me, and then there it is. So, that's, yeah, that's that's what it is. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, in what I do, I meet a lot of guys that have achieved, I meet a lot of people that are professional in the industry, and, you know, they, they've been put in that situation where they were blessed enough or before COVID were blessed enough to like earn a place in the industry and now obviously people have to having to rethink the whole thing but 
you know, for me, I can't, it can't be, there can't be any bile. I've, I've got to be doing this because I want to do it. I don't, I don't want to be chasing a buck to pay a bill. Do you see what I mean? And it keeps it pure. 100%, 100%, yeah, 100%, completely agree. This is why these tunes are so special for me, like I've touched on before. They were a special time in my life where none of these tunes served a purpose apart from giving me pleasure. And after this period was when I started DJing and started performing to crowds and then those tunes became a tool and they, they became something that fulfilled a goal. Whereas the, none of these did that. And that's why, that's why when you came, when you opened the concept for me, I needed to I needed to do the formative years because they they'd always be pure. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Man. What's this tune? And I'll keep you on track for this one as well. Where you at? This is Aquarius, Drift to the Centre. Why'd you pick this? It's just fresh, isn't it? Listen to it. It's just the beat on it, the groove. I can remember being sat in my bed, like 14, just just feeling like the waves and the air were brushing over me. And just my, my eardrum just being pummeled by that nasty sub. It's just beautiful, isn't it? It's just beautiful. As a bass player as well, it just, you know, that, that 808 sub just, yeah, it just it just plays to all of the turn-ons, doesn't it? So when you was a bass player, what sort of stuff were you doing? Like, what was the band? What was all that about? Oh, loads of stuff. There was a band called The Jinx I was in. I was in a band called The Jews. I was in a couple of grindcore metal bands. Played a lot of slap bass, a lot of funk. Yeah, I did loads. I was in a couple of hip-hop bands. But yeah, I played, played drums and guitar. But yeah, it was this kind of took over, really. The, 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 the purity of playing an instrument was, was kind of... Was, was just something I did to purify myself. Like if I'm ever feeling really anxious or I need to calm down, I'll pick up a bass guitar and just fiddle away on that and it kind of drains away the nastiness. But yeah. You'd be focused, because when you're doing music or when you're actually playing an instrument, then you're focusing in and you, you, your brain doesn't have the space to be thinking about the shit, really, does it? Well, it puts you into flow state really easily, but not only that, you know, when, when you learn to play an instrument from a young age, it, it burns new different neural pathways that, that wouldn't be burnt if you weren't playing an instrument and you know your ability to I mean my scratching ability comes from being able to being able to play bass guitar because my dexterity is better because I was playing from such a young age so you know it is pick, picking up a piece of wood that vibrates and creates sub is one of the most organic things you can do and my bass guitars are an extension of me when I pick them up and you know this again this is why this Aquarius tune Drift of the Center hits so nice because it is just that flowing, easy to play bass line. When you learn it, you just put yourself into a state of trance and then you're back pure again at the end of it. And being being into music and having this love for music has been, it's been a savior because I don't think I would have got off the drugs and I would have got off all the heroin without, without having music. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a magical, special thing that I, I feel really bad for people that, that can't be a total part of it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if you follow sport at all. I don't follow sport at all. No. And I have a conversation with someone, they'd be like, oh yeah, sports team. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But the opposite side of that is music. And when I talk to people and they're like, oh yeah, I don't really, I, I would listen to a bit of music. Like I'll turn the radio on and listen to what's on. I was like, how, how can you not be fully balls deep into music? Like, well, yeah. I mean, I follow a bit of UFC. 
I, I like the philosophy and the fact that when guys are going out there fighting, they're by themselves. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I like a bit of that and I class that as sport. Just go for it, yeah. No, but I'm talking about music though, but like music, when I talk to people and they say, oh, I don't, you know, I listen to what's on the radio and that's about it. How can you not be totally balls deep into music? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is some people, they need to feel like they're achieving through other things, external influences and football, I suppose, allows people to feel part of a team. And when that team's winning, they're winning. Yeah. And there's the, there's a sort of, you know, the, the herd mentality of, Tribalism. you know, their crew. Do you know what I mean? They're, 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 they're a tribe that are winning. We did well against City on the weekend, didn't we? It's like, well, were you on the pitch? <laughs> I don't think you were. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, music is a much more, unless you're creating it, you know, it's a much more of a passive role. There's no wins or loses. You're not feeling good when your head DJs, you know, fucking getting a million streams. You feel good for them if you know them, but there's not that buy-in. So yeah. you have to have that sort of spiritual connection with it. And obviously it takes a certain type and you have to have been exposed to it. And you have to have seen the benefits and felt the benefits of music at an early age. So, you know, I, th I think it's indicative of your upbringing, but you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's one of those things, but the purity of music can't be, you know, can't be denied by anybody. And if you find it, you find it. What's this tune? So this is, um, here we go. This is Balance by Acid Scout. And this is probably one of my favorite sort of acid techno tunes. I remember I used to be sat on my bed and it would put me in a trance, that riff. There we go. There we go. This is, the, this is another old one, this is about 94. Absolutely beautiful tune. Yeah, it's great, I love a bit of trance. Well, it's not, this This wasn't trance. This, is, no? this wasn't seen as, no, no, no. This is a techno tune. All right, fair enough. I, techno, trance, house, things I don't really know a huge amount about, so I just sort of lumped them all into everything below 140 BPM area. <laughs> Well, I've had a lot of arguments with Jim Scavenger about this, about this tune being a trance tune, but the guy is called Acid Scout. He's an acid techno producer. Right. And the back of the unit, there's no, there's no pitched offbeat. So there's no doo 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 It's basically a techno backing with a really beautiful splattery top. But yeah, it's lovely. So when you was putting this list of tunes together, what was the first tune you picked? Well, the first tune I picked was the Fancer because it was it was literally the first tune. It was the first tune to bring me into it. All right, so you went from the bounce and then everything else pushed out after that. Yeah, well, I had to I had to get my my other hard drive from the old laptop that blew up, and uh, I had to plug that hard drive in because that was where all of these were kept. And I opened it up and I, I knew I, I knew what was going to be on this list from the start, but it was. The list I had in my head was about 30 tunes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I've been playing around with the idea. I was thinking originally, originally I was saying 10, but then mm. 10 was just like, was that 40 minutes? There's no time at all. No. 15 I thought was about right, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I, t I messaged you this morning saying you've ruined my morning because I, I got on the bus and I plugged the hard drive in and I filled up that folder within like 10 minutes. And I was like, no, now I've got to start taking stuff out. And yeah, it was hard. It was really hard, but I, I think this is the list. I think this, is, and I think if you ask me for this list again next year, Different. I think I think the same one would be on there. No, no, really? I think it'd be exactly the same. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the hundred percent because the, each one has got has got a very strong emotional connection. Yeah.
Yeah, everyone I've talked to so far doing this Talking Tunes thing, everyone said they've struggled to get it down to 15. It's... Yeah, otherwise, we could be talking for two hours. If we say 20, then you'd be talking for two hours. It's like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, when you're doing boombastic sounds, I mean, you're doing that for two hours, right? Do you not find that maybe you feel like towards the end, people start dropping off after two hours? Oh, they definitely do, yeah. What? No matter what you do, no matter what you do, even if it was like, you know, Carl Cox back-to-back with FX Twin, after two hours, people are like, okay, I need a, yeah, well, another cup of tea, you know? You, you need to be there because, you know, people respond to personal attention. And people respond. That's why. That's why. Even if you're just DJing up there, and they can see somebody up there going for it, then they respond. And that's why you could do a two-hour set. That's why when we do live streams, we tend to cut the sets down because people don't. They can't connect. You're you're a human being. You, we've only had these screens in front of us for a very small amount of time, and we just don't connect to them, unfortunately. So yeah, I mean, the only the only time I'm assuming this this podcast wouldn't make people would start to dive a little bit was if they were traveling about which i would assume would be the, the larger part of your market people like going about their business walking yeah. around on the bus yeah because you know you can't you can't sit down because you can't sit down and just just concentrate on this for that long if you are just sat down can you yeah a lot of people at work as well yeah people that do desk jobs like me like i sit at my desk all day and when i'm not in meetings i'm listening to music yeah, exactly. This, you know, so, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast with um, what's his name, Alex? Ah, uh, that, that that conspiracy. Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Yeah, I was listening to that earlier today, and I found myself sort of zoning out, zoning out after about an hour, and that was even on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's just one of those things, isn't it? But the content's got to be out there, hasn't it? Yeah. So what do you reckon then? Fifteen tunes, just over an hour. Got to be about the right sort of length for this, hasn't it? I think it's I think it's about right, yeah. I'd, do you know what? I'd probably if it was me, I'd probably be a bit of a cunt, and I, I'd say I'd say seven tunes. Seven? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be seven, man. I'd I'd be really cunty. I'd be really cunty because you know, like we say, limitation is the key of creativity. And if you've given me thirty, I don't think my list would be good. I think if you would have given me seven, I think my list would be even better. Because I'm looking at it now, and I think there were, I think I think I could probably cut half the list, right. and I think I could cover all bases. I think so, yeah. I think so. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I think so. I think I cover because essentially I've got two of each style yeah. in my in my head. So I could not like that knocking those one from each style. That would be the hard bit. But yeah, I think so. I think seven's the optimal number. So this balance tune, right? I've been listening to this now. It's, how long is this? Like a minute or two? Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Don't, it's just, nothing happened for like two minutes to talk about. Well, it's talking about the, tunes and we haven't talked about the tune at all. Except for arguing whether or not it's techno or trance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, there's a lot going on with it. And there's, you know, like techno, you know, it's, it's the intricacies and the, the, the effects chains that are changing. You know, the rest kind of stays the same. Now, this is a fucking tune. This is a nasty tune. But when I first heard this, it was on 45 minus 8, about 20 BPM faster. But yeah, this is a nasty one. Here we go. Ugh. Woo! Nasty. This is another old one. This is, um, this is Critical Mass, Psychotic Break. Yeah, I never heard this tune before. No, no, this is a great one. Heard. 
Mm. It's an absolute stormer. So this, so you'd normally hear DJ Scorpio playing this at Helter Skelter, but a lot faster, a lot faster. What they've, after this show, um, Kushdie, put this, get this into an editor or something, and push it up 20 BPM, and you listen to it move. I, I was half tempted to do it, but I felt like I had to leave it, leave it as it was. In its natural form. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny because some people have said that with the tunes, they say, oh yeah, normally I'd play this one at 10 or 20 BPM higher. Mm. Uh, yeah, maybe I should do that. I don't know, I kind of like as well, because I've not actually mixed these tunes at all. I've just basically mm. laid the intro into the outro and then just put them like that real basically you actually hear the whole tune. I kind of like that concept as well. Well, I was the, the, my trailer thought from not pitching these up was basically if somebody hears this tune and they like it enough and they've bought in enough to find it and pitch it up, then fair fucking shout to them, but I'm not going to give it to them. Yeah, I'll show I'll show them it. But if they like it enough, they've got to go and do it. And it add a little bit of an interactive element to it, I think. Yeah, because one of the things by putting them as just flat tunes without doing any mixing mm. or anything like that is so you can actually hear the tunes, right? Whereas in a DJ set, and yeah, I'll lead you down the path there. DJ set. I don't know about you, but if I'm doing DJ set, I'm like a minute and a half of a tune. I'm into the next one. A minute and a half. A minute and a half. Two minutes tops. If I play a tune for four minutes, something's gone wrong. Well, I mean, it depends, doesn't it? it depends. I mean, with techno, if there's a tune that's got a really great journey, and you're in the middle of a set, and you want you, you're giving somebody a break, and you want them to sort of really enjoy something. I mean, there's tunes I play that I will leave going for four minutes, but then you know I'll be I'll be in and out of others in two minutes. But I think it's it's a crowd read, isn't it? On a, on a recorded set. But for Noob, I'll just leave the tune playing because it's a showcase of music. But when I'm live, it'll all depend on the reaction. And you make a mistake, you're out in 30 seconds, aren't you? Let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's say you do the Madonna Kebab set or Moving Slavo set, right? Yeah. There, you just go for pure hype, pure attention. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, totally non legit music. It's just there to get fucked up to and nod your head, full stop. Whereas I see the techno as being more of a legit sort of, you know, artistic endeavour. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, you're not you're not just going for the dancers. You're not just going for the head nodders. You're kind of you're trying to change people's minds and you're trying to make them indulge. So like the techno. Whenever I do a techno set. I'll start real fucking hard and then I'll dip down and I'll take it away from them a bit then suddenly go really fucking hard again and then take them down a really trippy journey and just try and take take people to as many different places as I possibly can within that style but then donk, you just donk, 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 donk. do you know what I mean, that's it yeah. you're, just, you're just going for the headbangers <laughs> <laughs> that's it, isn't it? But I tell you what, I tell you what, things like this tune, I mean, yeah, Scorpio, you mentioned Scorpio, Loft Groover, HMS, wouldn't necessarily be DJs I'd go to, I'd be going to people like Clarky and Producer. Um, yeah. A lot of the Dutch guys like Dark Raver, Buzzfuzz, mm. Gizmo, that'd be a lot more my cup of tea, like, you know? Uh, well, yeah. Because these, these, yeah, these noises are quite harsh noises, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. You quite like the harsh noise. Well, I mean, I, I know Luke, and uh, the Clarky plays a lot of my techno. Tom, Clarky's now doing techno predominantly. He doesn't really do any um, hardcore. I've met, I've met Scorpio a few times. I don't, I don't know too many of the Dutch guys, but yeah. I mean, when you when you look at older sets from producer Scorpio and those guys, Clarky, they were all playing the same music, basically. They were all playing Death Chance. They were all playing the sort of, well, I can't remember all the labels now, but they were, yeah. Nasal Blitzen? Yeah, well, Nasal Blitzen, yeah, yeah. Obviously, Bloody Fist, all of those labels, and they, 
industrial strength. Yeah, exactly. They were all playing those those labels, you know. So you find you find the same stuff. Although, on, if we're talking about Luke, he fucking hates Donk. He absolutely yeah, he cannot stand it. Cannot stand it. Every time I try and talk to him about, it, he's like, "Shut up, bully." I'm not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, here we go. Big time. Here yeah. we so, go. I was saying of the tunes you put in here. This is my favourite tune. Oh yeah, Venga Boys. Can't go wrong with Venga Boys, right? What a nasty. Well, it's, this is the thing. It's not the Venga Boys. It's the Clubheads. Right. And all they did was steal the first four loops from We Like to Party by the Venga. First four bars of their little synth hook. Yep. And steal the lyric. But the rest is his own tune. But it is a nasty ass tune. I remember like, I first heard this when I was about 16 in a club in Loco. Peeled out of my face, like far too young to be in there. Then suddenly you hear this bit come in, a bus, and you're like, what the yeah. fuck? Uh, and you're like, what is going on here? And you've got to remember, right, before this tune, there was no such thing as a donk. Yeah. You would, you would have never heard a donk before this tune. So imagine it. Yeah, a lot of people have had a go at this as well. They've put this in so many different tunes. I've heard it against Breakcore, Hardcore, Jungle. Yeah, yeah. Everything, like, you know, it's a brilliant tune. I think that, so I good. Said, the synth hook on this is just unreal. It's and, just and ridiculous. Party, it's brilliant vocal. Yeah. Right, here we go. So this is the part, yeah? Right, yeah. imagine you're at a club, you've never heard a donk before in your life. And then this. Uh, and then suddenly, what the fuck is that? Yeah. What the fuck is that? And you're like, you've never heard this before. They've like, produced, I've, I've heard a sort of donkey sounds, but not a donk like that. A big, deep fucking slamming donk with a, with the with the phase over the top and a bit of reverb and all that stuff. Nah, you, you've never heard it before. Right, and it's it's quite aggressive. Do you know what I mean? The the, the, the notes, the notes are sort of aggressive note. Then suddenly, then you got then you then you got the truck coming back in. But then um, it's then it's the hard really cheesy. But then you've got this nasty aggressive. Oh. First time I heard a Venga Boys remix, it's like I listen to it and I'm like, what the hell? This is just so good. Because it's like, I don't want to admit I like the Venga Boys, but it's just so good. Well, that, 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 this, is, this is the get out of jail free card. It is the Clubheads remix. Yeah. So, but yeah, here we go. Here we go. Right. So when this kicks in, it's so good. Oh, it's just so aggressive. So aggressive. But with that cheeky little sort of sweet bit over the top, just keeping your chin out a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, and this is and it was this tune basically that when Ben came after me and said we need to make a donk a donk outfit. This is the reason why I, I did it for this because of this tune. Yeah, big time. It's really cool. I mean, mm. yeah, I love this. As you say, donk. Donks, I don't know, I don't know, you tell me, but I feel like Donk in the last three or four years has gone real big. Like, silly Donk, silly Donk. It's gone mental. It's gone mental. That's yeah, it's, it's mental. I mean, it, the, the, the Northerners always kept it. It's called Banks up there, isn't it? The Northerners have always kept it going, but then the Russians started doing it, making hard bass. Yeah. And, the, and it just kicked it back in. I mean, this music's got me flown out to Lithuania, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's, it's got me. Doing this has got me, like, you know, three plays at Bankface. <laughs> it's, it's fucking mental. It's mental. 
It's absolutely mental, but it's great music. It's great fun music, and it's so punk and it's ethos. Yeah, such a tune. Shoot. But it is a bit long, I think, this one. Do you know what I mean? We, we don't tune for over over three minutes, but, you know, these guys have to fill up a 12-inch record on 45, so <laughs> yeah. that's, 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 that's why it was that long. But, yeah, such a tune. Here we go. Here we go. It's just that drop. Never gets old. Never gets old. Ugh. The Loudness Wars have been going on for a very long time, haven't they? I mean, it started with indie music back in sort of 2002. You know, everybody trying to get as loud as possible, but it is what it is, isn't it? It served a purpose. You lose all dynamics by doing that. And, you know, I think the war, the original war was trying to get up to plus two decibels without, without, with it sounding decent. And then suddenly people realise, well, there's no dynamic when you're doing that. So then now the loudness war is how loud can you get it with with, with still obtaining the, the dynamics of the tune? But I don't know. It's I don't give a fuck about it. It's just it's just people arguing for the point of arguing. As long as it sounds good on a system. I mean, look, we got games. For fuck's sake, we got the DJs play with a mixer that, that you can go over and still dip it, still dip it underneath the the, the red point. So. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. Don't know if you ever listened to stuff by the Satan. Uh, yes. Hardcore breakup. When you put his tunes into like Tractor, that's registering plus ten decibels, and I'm like, oh yeah. How the hell are you getting plus ten decibels on a track? Well, the the guy's very good at mixing. Yeah, very. And good. yeah, that's very good at mixing. Yeah, and uh, he doesn't put much in his tunes. It's just, in essence, it's a kick. Yes, just, that's, all, that's all they've got that's to do. Yeah, they've just got to layer the fuck out of a kick. But yeah, I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I, think, I think if you put it into an actual level meter, it wouldn't be plus ten because that's madness. But it would be over ten decibel. It'd be over over a decibel. Here we go. Here we go. This is a fucking tune. Oh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely like the speedball. That is nasty. Absolutely nasty. This is a uh, xylocaine fillings. <laughs> oh, it's just savage. First heard this on Mad Imagination, and it was a HMS. Hell's got Imagination HMS, and that set was probably one of the one of my favourite sets of all time. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong places, but I don't get to hear enough speedball. Definitely speedball mixes stuff like that. Well, the older speed core is a bit shit. No, sorry, the new speed core is a bit shit. I str- I'm struggling to find decent new speed core, but mm. I'll, I'll show you droves of old speed core, mate. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you some links. Yeah. 
uh, on this on my solid sound soundcloud there's a guest mix there from zoya destroyer speed core one is actually oh yeah really really meant i don't know if you ever listened to that one so if you get a chance listen to that it's actually one of the few good speed core songs i've heard in a long time really well i mean yeah i'll um yeah you yeah i'll send you some links and then we'll, we'll have that conversation again cool man cool so why'd you pick this tune out apart from being brilliant I mean, it, again, I had to put in some speaker because it, it, defi- it defined it defined my, my voyage into rave music. And the, the final tune on here was played a lot faster, and you'll see you'll see how they fit. But yeah, it's, it's funny that these two ended up last. To be fair. Yeah. So what I did was I just sort of put the harder stuff, the faster stuff at the end, mm. like you know. Yeah. See, I, I would have ended if I was doing. I would have ended with Venga Boys. Well, I put Venga Boys there to break it up. That's it. That's it. To be, well, the, yeah. to be the cream in the sandwich as well, you know, or the, 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 jam, cre- the jam in the sandwich. Yeah. The jam in the sandwich. Well, what would the cream in the scone be then, Pushdi? On this, on this one, uh, I don't know. I think that the somatic responses one was uh, an interesting tune, and mm. I wasn't too sure where to place it in the whole order of things, you know. So. I put it where I did. I felt like it was quirky. Yeah. So it was a good. I put it. Did I put it roughly in the middle? I think I did. You did. Yeah, yeah. It is actually dead middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, for real. Um, and then you know, bit of jungle, two thirds towards the end. You know, two thirds last, last thirds it were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or jungle break, jungle, uh, jungle uh, drum and bass sort of stuff. You know. Look, mate, we're coming towards the end. Do you want to do any shouts or you know, do shouts? Um, do you know, yeah. So you've got this prepared, you'll forget people, right? I want to, well, I first want to shout to my uh, my lovely girlfriend, Melissa, who puts up with my bullshit and being away all the time, and it's just literally been sat upstairs listening to me rabbit, rabbit on about myself for the last last hour and 20-odd minutes. Don't know why she only hears that. But yeah, I'd like to give a massive, massive shout to uh, OP, obviously, Laurie. Um, I'd like to give a shout to Parker, Ben DC. I'd like to give a shout to Kushti, obviously. Oh, God. The thing is, I'm going to forget people now. Uh, Shashia, Buzzman. Uh, who else? Who else? Like Jimmy Scavenger, obviously. Mark the Acid Clown. Uh, Zach. Uh, Molly. Uh, God. Uh, I might have to send you some sound bites for after. No, I think I've got, I think I've got more. Did I get more? Did I get more? Did I get more? Did I get them all? It's going to be weeks before this comes out, so I'll send you a preview anyway. <laughs> Big shout to my cousin, Justine. Oh, it's, uh, anyway, I'm glad you put this next tune last. Yeah, what's the story? This is one of the nastiest motherfucking tunes ever. Napon 6, unentitled B2. Evil. It is. Evil tune. It's just, it's just psychopathic. Ah, it's the most on... Melodic, unmusical, musical piece of genius ever written. And when that kick comes in, here it goes. It's just. Uh, <laughs> I just can't deal with this. I'm sorry. You can't deal with it. Can't deal with this. No. <laughs> it's fucking genius. Absolute genius. Like if I walked into a room at Bankface and there's a DJ playing this, I would stay in the room just to see what people were doing. Yeah, yeah, well, do you know what? Rather than to listen to it, just like, who the fuck is dancing to this? Or, I can't imagine how you'd even dance to it. The next, the next, if, if I'm lucky enough to play the next Bang Face, and I see you walk in a room, I'll put this on. <laughs> <laughs> B2, 
But yeah, it's just fucking nasty, isn't it? Check that out. But it's, it's all about when the beat starts going a bit mental. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the whole, this is a four, this is a four part EP and every tune on it is ridiculous. I mean, often I would talk to people about Bang Face and I'd say, oh yeah, Bang Face is great and all the rest of it. But, and I'm sure you'd agree with all that. But then you're living in Bristol, right? So you are literally sport for choice every day of the week. Normally, yeah. in normal non-COVID times, right? Every week there's something amazing going on in Bristol, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it's a curse in the same thing because you want to go to it and you can't. See, I, I, prefer, I prefer to be out in the country where it's a special trip and you're choosing what you're going to. Do you know what I mean? But when it's always there, you're always missing something. And when when you when you're as busy as me, and when I'm trying to balance achieving and getting stuff done and creating, and also having a balanced um, sort of home life and social life, having having everything on your corner and people are like, oh, Ollie, come out, come and do this. Oh, do somebody's council do just come out and play a set for a laugh. And I'm like, oh, do you know what I mean? So it's a curse. Yeah, that's an interesting point. In Dublin, because like normal times, you'd have like one good gig a month of someone we've flown over or someone someone else has flown over. One yeah. or two a month, you know, that'd be it. So it's not every week. And I'm kind of no. like, oh, would be great because it's like two great gigs a weekend you could go to, which then that's actually a curse, essentially. Well, yeah, no, it is. But, you know, it's like... We just got everybody in Bristol every week, and, and we still we still do. You know, Grizz Tech are fucking killing it. You know, we've got we've got you know all the heads running through the studio constantly. Yeah, it's mad. Here we go. Bristol Dog Collective. What about them? Yeah, we love them. We love them. Don't stop believing, boys as well. Love those guys. We're gonna we, we should we've got a release coming out with the Bristol Dog Collective, and we're doing something with Don't Stop Believing soon as well. Base militia. So yeah, basically oh, I love Jay. Yeah, Jay's great. Jay's great. We've got him. He's doing a monthly show at the studio now. So yeah, that that crazy little cunt's got loads of good stuff coming up. Uh, amen for techno. Come on, I'm, I'm feeding you all the lines here, mate. Oh yeah. Oh what, Matt? Oh yeah, big ups to Mandy as well. Of course, always big ups to Mandy. I haven't seen her as much as I wanted to, obviously, because we're both very busy people. But yeah. Yeah, fucking big ups to all of them. I mean, there's too many to go into. Do you know what I mean? I could be going on for ages. I could be going on for so long, but I, I kind of, I think I've covered all the people that I see regularly. Well, as long as we talk over this record sufficiently, then... Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fuck your face with this tune. Don't you worry about it. The moment I get a chance, you're going to be forced forced to deal with this over a big rig. I can't wait for that time to come. And <laughs> I said to you before, man, best hug at Bang Face. Oh, mate, we had a good hug, didn't we? That was a brilliant hug. That was, we had that a was, good that was hug. Meaning. All right, mate, I'm going to have to let you go. Well, that's it. Come to the end, all right? That's it. Well, Thanks for taking the time to take the call, man. Big time. Love what it. a journey, mate. Thanks so much for asking me. It's been beautiful. Absolutely. And yeah, we'll see you on the other side, Coach. Yeah, see you on the other side, mate. All right, thanks a lot. Cheers now. Cheers, sexy. Big love. Bye. 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 Bye.